All right, let's. How do we? How do you segue to David Lightman? I mean, your kids are all grown. Me? Yeah, they're in their forties. That's old I am. <laughs> anyway, how do I follow that pizza joke? Yeah, oh my god! Uh, first of all, don't even try. Please, you know you can't. You can't <laughs> <Don't>. do it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, actually, in terms of you probably could if we're going to talk George Santos. I mean, <laughs> there's got to be a way to segue between those two. But you know, so he's. He's not going to take these committee assignments. You know, but Marjorie right. Taylor Greene, she didn't get a committee assignment, and she got reelected overwhelmingly. The question really is, is he going to make it? You know, because they say, you know, like at least Stefanik says, you know, the voters will speak. But do you think he'll make it through the term? Boy, I don't know anymore. I thought he would for a lot of reasons. One is that, you know, there's only a four-vote majority, and Republicans can't afford to lose any votes. But... Boy, every day this drumbeat and reporters are camped out and their guy can't walk outside a door without having Mike stuck in his face and the late night comedians keep tearing him apart. I mean, at some point, public pressure just speaks. And I I don't know. I mean, the House Ethics Committee is looking at him now. you got prosecutors looking at him. I, I wouldn't put down a bet that they'll make it for two years. But on the other hand, you know, if in fact he's done nothing illegal at the moment, you know, there's no, he is not. Uh, the voters did speak. I mean, look, you ask even Democrats, even liberal Democrats, what should he do? And they say, like most Republicans do, the voters spoke. I know, That's but they, the way but it he, is. But he lied to the voters. But yeah, I mean, I, know, I guess lying's still. not against the law unless you're under oath, I guess. But that's kind of yeah, flimsy. It's exactly. It's not right, but look, uh, Voters have elected. When I worked in Baltimore, voters elected the guy in jail. <laughs> so who knows? Right, stranger things have happened. Okay, so the odds are he may stick it out, but you, who knows? I mean, if he resigned, that's one thing. So, but he doesn't look like he's going to do that. Maybe he likes the attention. I'm not sure. We're talking with David Lightman from McClatchy, DC. Here, I'm Brian and Company. Brian Shackman, Corey Myers here with me. Uh, is Nikki Haley? She's getting in. Is that right? It's what everybody says. You're supposed to do a video any day now, maybe today. Yeah, she's running. And it's going to be interesting because, you know, on the one hand, she Trump gave her a boost. I mean, he made her U.N. ambassador, which gave her some foreign policy credentials. Right. As governor of South Carolina, she really didn't have any. Uh, on the other hand, she's, like so many conservative Republicans, breaking with Trump on a number of things. So it's going to be interesting. She she brings a lot to the table. I mean, not to mention, starting with geography, you know, gender, uh, yeah. minority, et cetera. So, and um, she's always been a, a good candidate. Look, she won in a state where the odds are that, you know, Nikki Haley to be governor of South Carolina, right? <laughs> Strom Thurmond State. Yeah. So, you know, you can't count her out. So what is, I mean, I think the real question is, what does it do for a bunch of people? One is Tim Scott in the same state. Right. right. And then yeah. and, and you have obviously Ron DeSantis. And then, you know, the conventional wisdom has always been that the more candidates in the primary, the better it is for Trump. Does this does this give, you know, f- f- license for Pompeo, DeSantis, all those folks to just jump in now? Yeah, it sure does. It, it, it tells you that people are looking at the polling. They're looking at different things, looking at the money. They're looking at how Trump's campaign, which is now, what, two and a half months old, is sort of stuck. And they're saying, well, heck, it's not going to take that much to win. So I think what this tells you is that door is wide open, and you are going to see Pompeo get in and some of these others. 
But will Trump hold on to that 30% of the Republican Party? And the betting right now is that he will. Look what happened last week at the Republican National Committee meeting. I mean, he his choice was Rona McDaniel, and she easily beat back challengers, right. including a woman who had worked for Trump. So he's still... He's still popular, and you can't you just can't count the guy out as we've seen a thousand times. I think the more can I mean, it's like all these people on their own. I go back to Jeb Bush, and in retrospect, you should have seen it. But like on their own, they look formidable. But then when they get in the room, sometimes they look tiny, and so it's, yeah, it's going to be hard to know. It is. I remember going to some Jeb Bush events, whenever it was, eight years ago, and boy, it just wasn't there. You just sense that. Sometimes you go to these events, you sort of know. I remember, God, a million years ago when Mike Huckabee first ran, and there were about three of us. I don't know why we trailed him that day, (laughs) way down the poles. And you thought, wow, this guy, you know, he's funny, he's smart, he's great with people. Well, here we are, right? So there's a certain connection that these candidates make with people that you just, for all the money and polling and consultants, you just can't rule it out. Haley has shown that ability in South Carolina. Whether it translates nationwide is another question. Trump has certainly shown that ability. Well, the, uh, the, I don't. The, the, sorry to interrupt, but the interesting uh, thing please. to me, I, I think probably this means Tim Scott wouldn't run because it's too much South Carolina. But I don't know. But like with someone like Nikki Haley as a woman, I think it makes it a little more precarious. I think it's easier for Trump to go after DeSantis, Pence, and Pompeo than it is Nikki Haley. And I think the gender issue is important, and it's a huge part of the electorate. Oh, it's Carly Fiorina about that. Remember uh, her? Yeah, that didn't work out right. But I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think Haley's more dynamic. but Yeah, but Trump's an equal opportunity insulter. He doesn't care. Uh, you know, if he, he wants to go after her, he's going to go after her. No, I think, as you say, it tells the world, hey, you know, this could happen. Um I think also you're going to see a lot of moderates get in. Larry Hogan, the former governor of Maryland, you're you know, Liz Cheney, I wouldn't call her a moderate, but she's talking about getting in. There's a long list out there of people. Mm. Ted Cruz could come back. <laughs> well, he, you know, the guy had an organization. I mean, he did, he was the last guy standing in 2016. I mean, conservatives love him. So who knows? We're talking with David Lightman, McClatchy, D.C., here on Brian and Company and WTIC News Talk 1080. Uh, uh, any buzz yet about anything? In the State of the Union, or is it going to be another one of these, you know, snoozers? Well, you know, it's funny. I've heard very little. I was up at the Capitol yesterday, heading back there in a minute. Um, no, all the talk right now is about this meeting today between Biden and Kevin McCarthy. Okay. They're meeting at, uh, I think it's 3 o'clock, and this is, you know, everybody's painting this as uh, finally the mountains are moving because Biden said he's not going to negotiate in the debt increase. McCarthy wants spending cuts that Democrats will not, and a lot of Republicans just aren't going to buy. So they'll meet, and, um, you know, they'll both come out and say they had a productive meeting, but, boy, the the, the leaks, the sources are going to be flying this afternoon. Well, let me, let me ask happened. you, though, like, these two, obviously McCarthy's been super critical of Biden, and Biden probably doesn't think much of McCarthy. Like, what's the conversation like between guys like that? You know, that's what we're all wondering, because for all their public pronouncements, in fact, the two of them are deal-makers. They really are. I mean, Biden, you know, goes way back. Uh, you know, he knows how to compromise. And McCarthy has always been seen as a reasonable conservative. 
again, the public posturing tells you otherwise. So you wonder if they're going to just go behind closed doors and look at each other and say, hey, you know, we can't let this debt ceiling uh, go by. We can't blow up the economy here for the sake of politics. You wonder if they're going to say that. And you also wonder, are they going to do anything to move forward? Are they going to say, let's get our staffs working on something we can both agree on? It wouldn't shock me if they do, but it also wouldn't shock me if we don't learn about that today, right. if you know what I mean. Right. So I I just don't think these guys are going to let the economy collapse. Yeah. They're going to say, here's our conversation here, and here's what we're going to do. Out, you know, Here's what I'm going to say when I leave here. Just, right, exactly. Just so you know. Uh, listen, I, I really appreciate you, you bumping us up to Wednesday, David, okay. and uh, and we'll get you next week. Absolutely. Have a great weekend and uh, look forward to talking to you next Friday. All right. The great David Lightman from McClatchy, D.C., joining us here on Brian and Company.